The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about 10 miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 8 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. In Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 26, we read about what's commonly known as the Annunciation, that is, the announcement of the impending conception and birth of the Christ child. The angel Gabriel went to Mary and said to her, Hail, thou that art highly favored, and begins to tell her about what's going to happen. It's interesting that he used the term highly favored, You'll notice that he didn't say inherently worthy. You see, while we give great honor to Mary as the mother of Christ, we do not worship her as being divine. She was a sinner like all other sinners, but she was highly favored. That means she was much graced. God gave her favor that she didn't deserve and that was not inherent within her, but that he, by his sovereign mercy, bestowed upon her. Sometimes we gloss over the fact that characters in the scripture were real people. We think about Mary as the mother of Jesus, and we rightly esteem her very highly. We don't worship her, of course, but we do esteem her very highly. But sometimes we forget that she was a real person. If she was typical of young girls in that day, she was probably in her mid to early teens as she was being espoused to her husband. And this annunciation had a real effect upon her. In today's message, we're going to look at the realities of being highly favored and how it would have affected her. And ultimately, we'll see that the blessings of God prevail over all the struggles of this world. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit.
this evening to Luke chapter 1 and verse 26. I want to talk about Mary tonight. I want to talk about Mary. Verse 26, And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. Now, sometimes when we read the scriptures, I'm afraid we get to thinking about these characters as some kind of animated figures in a cartoon or maybe some, somebody on the silver screen that has a, a, a sort of a caricature of a life and not a real, not, they weren't real people. You know, we think about them as, as in some cases, as supermen and superwomen, super Christians. And in some cases, we just don't think about them at all in that way. But Mary was a real person. And if she was uh, typical of the way things were done in that day, she was probably in her early to mid-teens, maybe 15 or 16 years old, because that was about the time that young women were espoused or betrothed to their husbands. And it wasn't like it was today. You know, things have changed, Brother Craig, since when I proposed to my wife. I proposed to my wife in her parents' living room with nobody around, and I had hid the, the ring under the couch. And I just kind of, at one point, while we were sitting there talking, I got down on a knee, pulled the ring out. There wasn't any video cameras. There wasn't anybody there taking pictures. Uh, in fact, we, we, in fact uh, the next step was we tried, to figure, we tried to work up the courage to go outside to the garden and tell her daddy that we had just, I had just proposed, and she said yes. It took us a while. We stood there in the carport quite a bit. You know, nowadays they, they do it in a different way. They have it all set up and they have candles or petals of flowers. And I'm not making fun of this. I'm, I know some of you young ladies have had that happen to you. And, and they have uh, this big event where it's between the young man and the young woman. And the young man asks and the young woman answers. And that's the way it works. But in that day, that's not the way it worked. In that day, the parents set up the marriage. Amen. And sometimes, even in that day, and even in not too many years ago, in the last two or three centuries, the, 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 the husband and the wife might not even talk to each other to the wedding night. <laughs> but this was a young woman who grew up in that setting. And this young teenage girl had been espoused to a man named Joseph. We don't know much about Joseph. We do know he was a good man. We know he was a child of God. He was a just man. Amen. He wanted to do right. So she was lucky. She was blessed. Some of them weren't that blessed. And on this day, at this time, which was probably a time of excitement, but also a time of trepidation for her because she was just about to embark on a new, a new time of her life. She probably had discussions with her friends that had gotten married recently, you know, as some of you young ladies do, I'm sure, still today. And she was talking about what it was like and what the, what, maybe talking with her mother about what the next steps were and what her responsibilities were going to be. On this day, an angel appeared to her and really upset her apple cart. <laughs> Think about it. It changed her life. We're going to talk about that in a minute. It changed everything in her life. This, and it wasn't just any angel. It was Gabriel. 
Gabriel, we're told, he had already been to see Zacharias, and Zacharias had sort of challenged him. Zachari- you know, Mary's going to ask some questions too, but Zacharias asked some questions in disbelief. And, in, you know, I can just see him say, I, you know, I don't believe what you're telling me. He said, I'm Gabriel that stands in the presence of God. <laughs> this is a great angel. This isn't some angel that lives on the back 40 of heaven. <laughs> this is Gabriel who stands in the presence of God, and he comes down to this little woman. This young, this young virgin. And this is what he says to her. He says, Hail, thou that art highly favored. I want to focus a little bit on that term tonight. Highly favored. It comes from a Greek word, one Greek word, that means graciously accepted. Or if you have uh, a Bible that has a center column like mine, one of the, one of the, other alternative translations that the King James translators put out there was much graced. It's a verb, see, it's much graced. If you go to Strong's Strong's Exhaustive Concordance, this word means to grace or to endue with special honor, to make accepted or to be highly favored. It means to pursue with grace or to compass with favor, to honor with blessings. You see the gist of this? You get the idea here? The idea is not of some inherent merit on the part of this young woman. I'm sure she was a sweet young lady. We don't have anything to indicate that she was a woman of the streets. In fact, we're told that she was a chaste virgin, you see. She had never been with a man, and she obviously was one who was trying to live in the right way. But the idea here is not of some inherent grace, but of imputed grace. It is a verb, so to speak. It it is a verb, and it means that God has placed some favor upon her. So what does this mean to be highly favored? To be highly favored. Well, first thing let's look at is where it came from. Where it came from. It did not come from within her, as we've already seen. This high favor was not something that she spoke over her own life. The word of faith, folks, the prosperity gospel, just speak it over your life. You know, they use this sometimes. Some of those preachers use this highly favored phrase as a gimmick to uh, get you to buy into this living your best life now. <laughs> I want to tell you, the only people that are living their best life now are the unregenerate, non-elect who are going to hell. Because <laughs> if this is, this is not the best life for the child of God. The best life is coming for the child of God. <laughs> This is the only, I've heard it said, this, this life here is the only hell that a child of God will ever see. Praise God. And by the same token, it's the only heaven that a child of, that a non-elect will ever see. <laughs> it's the best it'll ever get. But you see, she didn't, she didn't speak it over herself. She didn't say, I claim the highly favored status today. <laughs> she was blessed not because she said so, but because God said so. Amen. God came down and he said, through his angel Gabriel, he said, you are highly favored. You're not inherently worthy. You're not inside yourself some kind of great person. And I've looked all over the world trying to find you. And now I've found you. You're just the best person that lives on this earth right now. That's not what he said. He said, you, Mary, are highly favored. I I am coming from God and I'm telling you, you know, he, he said, hail to her that h-a-i-l he said he 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 had he saluted her you know not because she was this 
great theologian or this amazing person, but because he knew, Gabriel knew how amazing it was that God had picked her out to place this favor upon her. It did not come from within her, and it did not come from around her. Notice her response in verse 29 tells us this. And when, he, when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. Nobody had been grooming her for this. Nobody, you know, she, she hadn't been living an ascetic life in a, in a convent somewhere with a bunch of nuns up until now, working her way up to the top of God's favor list. She wasn't expecting this. You ever been in a situation where, where you got something and you were kind of expecting it too and you had to, had to kind of act humble about it? You ever been there? Hadn't happened to me very much. I've, what's happened more often to me is I thought I was going to get it and I didn't. And I had to act not disappointed, but... Anyway, that's another story. This was completely unexpected. This wasn't something you can prepare for, child of God. She was not preparing. You know, this tends to be the way God works, does it not? What does he say over in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and verse 26? He said, you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, and base things of the world, and things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not, to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. No preacher that I want to listen to has ever said, God, it's about time you call me. <laughs> Now, I know preachers today, think, many preachers think it's, a, it's a, uh, a job choice. It's a career path. I will, I, I've decided I want to become a preacher. I will go to the seminary. I'll get my degree in divinity, and I'll become a preacher. And many have done that. Many have seen it as a way to make a living. <laughs> now, I'm not saying that preachers can't live off the gospel. In fact, that's the that's a scriptural pattern. Right. Is that the pastors, the preachers, should live, they should devote their full time to the gospel. I know that that's not possible with every church. I get that. It's not always possible, but you know, Paul had to make tents sometime, but that wasn't the ideal way. Amen. A full time there's nothing wrong with a full time preacher. In fact, that's the goal we all ought to be shooting for in our churches. But I'll tell you this, beloved, when the, when the preacher decides, or the person, I should say, decides that he wants to become a preacher as a career choice, there's a problem. Amen. There's a problem. Because you see, God chooses men to fill that office that sometimes you least expect. <laughs> you least expect. I know, I know some preachers that, that if it was just left up to their personality, they'd never set foot in the pulpit, okay? Right. I, I know some preachers that have a real outgoing personality that, that can make a whole lot more money somewhere else, <laughs> could do a whole lot better out in some other calling, but God has called them into the ministry. See, Mary, Mary, wasn't, Mary wasn't politicking for the job. She wasn't angling for this position. She was just going along like all young women who are about to be married or who have been espoused to someone just doing her own thing. And God 
came down and struck her down, so to speak, almost, you might say, comparably to the way he did Paul on the road to Damascus, just different circumstances. Because you see, the call, that highly favored status, did not come from within her, and it did not come from Without, around her uh, uh, in, involving her circumstances but it did come from God Amen. it did come from God look as he said in verse 28 he says hail thou that art highly favored the Lord is with thee the Lord is with thee and nothing much else she needed there but that is there if, if the Lord is with you that's all you really need <laughs> now, you know there's, there's some things that I think I need in the world but what I really just need is God with me Blessed art thou among women. Look at verse 30. The angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Not favor with men, not favor with some organization out there. Favor with God. Look at verses uh, uh, 34 and 35. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? See, Mary looked at her circumstances and said, This is, this is impossible. This is impossible. It's not going to work. I, I'm, you say I'm going to have this child, but uh, I'm not even pregnant. I don't even, I'm not even with child. I've never been with a man. He said, the angel answered unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. The power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore that holy thing that we've been talking about already, which shall be born of thee, shall be called the Son of God. You know, the truth of the matter is that if she had already been with a man, she wouldn't have been qualified to, do, to fill this role. Because the Son of God could not come through a man. He had to be, his father had to be God. And you know, she acknowledged this. Look down in verse, uh, look in verse 48. This is where Mary, we sang that earlier tonight, that song about her. Verse 46, my soul doth magnify the Lord. My spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior, for he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed, for he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. Isn't that amazing? You know, I don't believe there's been a better sermon ever preached than this little verse right here. Amen. He that is mighty hath done to me great things. Now, I tell you, that's not the message you hear in the religious world today. What you hear in the religious world is, it's up to you. You've got to do this, or you've got to do that. You've got to take this step, make this choice. But what I hope you hear from the pulpit here, and I believe you do, if you ever hear something different, let me know, because that means I've just messed up. <laughs> what you hear from the pulpit here is that he that is mighty hath done to me great things. You see... This highly favored status came from God. It came from on high. But now I want to I I talk about for a few minutes about what it looked like. What it looked like. Because this is really what I wanted to get to tonight. We know where it came from now. But, but what did it look like? Because sometimes I think we have this fantastic view of what it means for God to place his favor upon somebody. You know, that's what we sometimes hear out in the world, that if you'll, if you'll just join the church, if you'll just, you know, I've had, I've had at least one person in my life who were having trouble in life come to me, men, and say, I think I know the problem. I think I know why I'm having these struggles. It's because the Lord is wanting me to preach. 
and if, if I'll just surrender to the Lord, all my troubles will be over. If I'll just surrender to the call to preach, all that will be behind me. Well, I know I've got some preachers here tonight, and uh, uh, I'm not going to ask them to come up and give their testimony on this because I, I know what it'll be. Amen. My troubles, many of my troubles started when I surrendered to the call to preach, okay? <laughs> That's when, you know, the devil, if, if the Lord really is calling you to preach, the devil may just leave you alone if you're not following the Lord because as long as you're not doing what the Lord wants, you're doing what the devil wants, and he's, he's satisfied. It's when you stop doing what the devil wants and start doing what God wants that the devil will get after you. <laughs> So my point is this, this sounds wonderful, and, and it is an amazing thing for Mary to be highly favored, okay? But what did it look like in reality? What did it look like in her life? Well, the first thing it looked like is it looked like fear. It looked like fear. Look at verse 29, we already read it. When she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. She didn't jump up and down and say, oh, hot dog, it's about time. I've been waiting on this. <laughs> It was a troubling thing to her. And that word troubled means to be completely disturbed or greatly agitated. Most callings to serve God don't feel like favor at first. Right. I can tell you this, and I just use my example. I'm sure, as I said, some of these preachers that are here tonight could give you their own. But I, I didn't rush into the call to preach. I ran from the call to preach. I ran so hard that sometimes I feel like I was almost a close second to Jonah. <laughs> Jonah just got a little bit further. If I'd have kept going just a few more steps, I'd have equaled him. That was no fun, I can tell you that. But see, the call to preach didn't feel like favor at first. I, didn't, I wasn't born a preacher. When I told Sherry the first time I thought about it, I was thinking, gosh, maybe, maybe the Lord's calling me to preach. I said, Sherry, I think the Lord may be calling me to preach. She didn't jump up and down and say, yippee. <laughs> Her response that, that time was, I didn't marry a preacher. <laughs> of course, my dear sweetheart has come completely around to the point where a year or two later, when I finally did surrender to the call to preach, she did look at me and say, you know, it's about time. I was leaving you alone, but she was feeling that it was a burden to me too. And she said, I, it's about time. But my point is, is that initially, that highly favored status, that call to service is not always uh, exciting. It's troubling. Moses, when God went to Moses in the form of a burning bush, can you imagine being there and seeing that burning bush? You know, can you imagine the, the awe and the, uh, the, the fear of God that it would inspire? And, and yet, when God said, Moses, this is what I want you to do, Moses said, I don't know about this, Lord. <laughs> Go read Exodus chapter 3 sometime. He's like, well, but, 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 I can just see him, but I, I, I can't speak. I can't talk. I Lord, you want me to do this? And he was looking at a burning bush. Right. You would think that with a burning bush in your face and the heat coming off of it, you'd say, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I'm ready to do it because I see your glory. But even in the face of the glory of God, Moses was reticent to go. He objected to his own worthiness. He was afraid to go. It looked like fear, you see. This highly favored status initially looked like fear. Due to the constraints of time, we will stop the message here. But please join us tomorrow for the conclusion of this message.
If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's Z-I-O-N-P-B-C-1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J, C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.